Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Coming up on 5-Minute News... Over 60 people feared dead as Russia bombs Ukrainian school. Filipinos to elect son of dictator as next leader. And climate change brings world's worst heat wave. It's Monday, May 9. I'm Anthony Davis. A Russian bomb flattened a school being used as a shelter, killing more than 60 people on Sunday, Ukrainian officials said, while Moscow's forces pressed their attack on defenders inside Mariupol's steel plant in an apparent race to capture the city ahead of Russia's Victory Day holiday. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said he was appalled by the reported school bombing on Saturday and called it another reminder that it is civilians that pay the highest price in war. Authorities said about 90 people were sheltering in the basement. Emergency crews found two bodies and rescued 30 people, but most likely all 60 people who remain under the rubble are now dead, the governor of Luhansk province said. As Moscow prepared to celebrate the 1945 surrender of Nazi Germany with a Victory Day military parade today, a lineup of Western leaders and celebrities made surprise visits to Ukraine in a show of support. The newly appointed acting U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Kristina Kvien, posted a picture of herself at the American embassy and described plans for the eventual U.S. return to the Ukrainian capital after Moscow's forces abandoned their effort to storm Kiev weeks ago and began focusing on the capture of the Donbass. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and others warned in recent days that Russian attacks would only worsen in the lead-up to Victory Day and some cities declared curfews or cautioned people against gathering in public. Russian President Vladimir Putin may want to proclaim some kind of triumph in Ukraine when he addresses the troops on Red Square later today. Filipinos are voting for a new president today with the son of an ousted dictator and a champion of reforms and human rights as top contenders in a tenuous moment in a deeply divided Asian democracy. Ferdinand Marcos Jr., the son and namesake of the strongman ousted in a 1986 army-backed People Power uprising, has led pre-election surveys with a seemingly insurmountable lead, but his closest challenger, Vice President Lenny Robredo, 
has tapped into shock and outrage over the prospect of another Marcos recapturing the seat of power and harnessed an army of campaign volunteers to underpin her candidacy. Eight other candidates, including former boxing star Manny Pacquiao, Manila Mayor Isco Marino and former National Police Chief Senator Panfilo Laxon, have lagged far behind in voter preference surveys. Long lines of voters turned up early across much of the country without any major incident. But in one southern province, a security hotspot, unidentified men fired at least three grenades on Sunday night in the vicinity of the town hall compound, wounding nine villagers who travelled there in advance from far-flung villages to be able to vote today. The winner will take office on June 30 for a single six-year term as leader of a Southeast Asian nation hit hard by two years of COVID-19 outbreaks and lockdowns. Still, more challenging problems, including a sagging economy, deeper poverty and unemployment, and decades-long Muslim and communist insurgencies. There will likely also be questions over how to deal with calls demanding the prosecution of outgoing populist leader Rodrigo Duterte, whose anti-drug crackdown has left thousands of mostly petty suspects dead and sparked an investigation by the International Criminal Court. For the last two months, heat waves across South Asia have been impacting roughly 99 million people, especially the region's most vulnerable, triggering anxieties about the future. Experts say that the South Asian temperatures are exceeding wet bulb temperatures in which the body stops sweating and starts heating up exponentially. This year, India touched its hottest March in 122 years, while the same month for Pakistan was the hottest in 60 years. In the past, Pakistan's annual heat wave had killed hundreds in Karachi, which is in the same province as Jakobabad. Colonel Ahmed Sumro, a resident of Jakobabad and the district head of the non-profit Public Primary Healthcare Institute, said that every summer many people, especially the poor, fall sick and die from the heat. Right now, there are many heat strokes happening in the area. In India, where temperatures reached 47 degrees Celsius, or 116 degrees Fahrenheit, at least 25 people have died since March due to suspected heat-related illnesses. Similar data from Pakistan is currently unavailable, but as the human cost of the unprecedented heat waves unfolds, experts are linking the phenomenon to global warming. Roxy Matthew Cole, a climate scientist at the Indian Institute of Tropical Meteorology, is among many experts who are calling attention to the devastating impacts of human-made carbon emissions on developing countries. Studies show how global South economies bear the disproportionate brunt of carbon emissions that come mostly from the world's richest countries. And in these countries, the vulnerable populations face the worst. At least 17,000 Indians have died because of extreme heat over the last 50 years. But news reports say that many other heat wave deaths are neglected and therefore not recorded. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.
On the morning of August 1, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.